0: (laughs) hey you'll you'll have a great time when i die all right so on with the podcast let's go
1: keep that that in the episode that's how it starts
0: Hello and welcome to the 1UP pod, your monthly deep dive into a video game you know and love. Uh, This month we're taking a look at Guerrilla Games' 2017 release, Horizon Zero Dawn. Play that clip, future chip. worked out already I am your host this month my name is Tip Thompson and I'd like to think that in the world of Horizon Zero Dawn I would be from the Kaja tribe because you know they're advanced they're powerful uh they like a bit of sun worship I'm not totally reaching with these it's going to be fine guys okay don't worry uh and if I'm in the Kaja then naturally uh Bash here has to be the shadow Kaja because they're the mortal enemy (laughs) and you're a murderous tit so hello Bash how you doing
2: uh is this every time you host you're going yes. to make me the worst <laughs> character. Yes. I will not stand for this abuse.
0: Well, you can see it and record a podcast. That's fine.
1: <laughs> no, I'm not having that. That was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's getting caught. How are you doing, Bash? You all right?
3: Yes. I'm very confused. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've upset her by calling her a murderous tit, so...
0: Yeah, that's fair, that's fair, yeah. Well, I mean, one of the other voices you heard there was Andy, and Andy, I think you'd have to be from the Nora tribe, because, you know, you seem a bit frosty and savage at first, but once people get to know you, you're all right. Oh, well, thank you.
3: (laughs) I am dreading what comes next.
0: And finally, we have Becky, <laughs> uh, who would be from the Osaram tribe, because mainly I think you'd be really upset as I didn't put you in the same tribe as Erend. Um but also you know you're the fierce warrior of
1: the group, so there you go, you got the best one.
3: <laughs> it, I mean, I'll take it, thank you. It could be worse.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just insult me. Do you insult me and Sasha? I didn't insult you. I said nice things about you. Yeah, but well, it, it was framed. I mean, you did say it was insult.
3: frosty and savage, like it was negative
1: <laughs> at best. Yeah. I'm not going to go out with you, (laughs) Chip.
0: Then why are we doing this? (laughs) As is tradition here on the 1UP pod, uh, before we get into the guts of Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, let's Mm. have a little check-in with our buds here and uh, see what we've been playing for the past month. I mean, just getting out of the way now, I've been playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, because I'll just be playing that game forever. (laughs) It doesn't end. It doesn't end. Okay, it doesn't end. And also, I haven't been playing that many video games this past month either, so that hasn't helped. That just That's just added another 10 years onto it. <sighs> but how about you, Andy? What have you been playing?
1: Well, um, I am now a PlayStation 5 dickhead. So I've been playing... Boo! Boo! Mas- Boo! Boo! Yeah. Boo. <laughs> yeah I, was, I was, you know... I packed myself on Amazon all morning. So, you know, I deserved it. Uh, yeah, I've been playing, like, the two Insomniac games entries for playstation 5 uh, miles morales spider-man and ratchets and bow, clank bow. and they're both awesome so fuck you chip <laughs>
2: <laughs> to be fair i actually can contribute on that and say i agree i may not have a playstation 5 but i have regular access to one so
1: oh i
0: thought you were green on the fuck you chip bit
2: i mean i always agree with that i feel that's a given <laughs> i don't need to say it anymore <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just your natural state of being. Yep. Yeah. Well, what have you been playing then, Bash? This past month,
2: kind of like you, to be honest, I've not been playing a great deal aside from the podcast <laughs> topic game. But over the past week, I've been calling it Sasha Week, um, as it's, I've had a week off work and off my child, um, <laughs> a week to myself <laughs> to do whatever. And um, I did get I treated myself to Haven on on the Switch, and that is about. Two lovers who give up everything and the escape to a lost planet to be together. So it's an RPG adventure game. And so, whilst I've not played a lot of it in the hour or so that I have played, some, some of my favourite moments have been, oh, they hold hands when they zoom around. <laughs> and oh, you can pet the weird space lizards. Um so. It
1: sounds very you.
2: It's yeah. so ridiculously me. And it does have a. An age rating for apparently not quite entirely spicy content, but, you know. Ooh,
3: space spicy. It's
2: not suitable for children, apparently, because of the romance, you know, the saga of the two lovers who try to stay together against all odds. It sounds very um, Romeo and Juliet in space, and I'm very into it.
0: Because <laughs> famously, Romeo and Juliet had lots of space lizards.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they would if they were in space. You don't know that.
0: <laughs> That's true. That is very true. Actually. And
2: I feel like if any of you guys saw a picture, any pictures of it, it would only feed your Sasha is a weeb fury.
0: Well, so... Really? <laughs> okay, I'm googling that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just looked it up. Yeah, definitely. I just looked it up. now. Oh, yeah. Sasha is a weeb. <laughs> Becky, what about
0: you? What have you been playing?
3: I have just started playing Outward, which is a fantasy survival open world RPG. So like all the things that Sasha hates. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) I am so far not very good at surviving. I haven't got very far into it yet, but I have a sword and a big hat. Um, So we'll see how it goes.
0: (laughs) Sorry, was that a big sword and a small hat or a big hat and a small sword? Small
3: sword, big hat. Which is, okay. I feel like that's the correct way around. Like, you know. Oh, oh is this in game? Okay, I thought you were just yeah, talking no, not about how you dressed when
1: you played. Okay. No.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I always wear big hats when, I, when I'm when i able to, but it's a bit warm for that at the moment.
1: I could see you in a big hat.
3: Yeah. If you can't fight, wear a big hat. It's the reason it's the same.
1: <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah. Okay. My grandma used to, to say it day. all
3: the time. If you can't fight, <laughs> wear a big hat.
1: Did, did you own many big hats?
3: She did, actually,
1: yeah. Oh, that's okay. Because otherwise she was, she was a very violent person.
3: Uh, well, there was that too.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I want to do a podcast about this now because I want to know about all these big hats.
3: <laughs> what? I, I mean... Welcome this... to the big
0: hat pod. It's <laughs> about a big house.
3: Well, no, not, like what oh she stacked them how big are these hats do you think <laughs> like... <laughs>
0: they are ginormous in my head
3: are we talking like full-on like i'm trying to yes. think of like an example of a massive hat like
1: the hat the, the house is there and then there's a hat is just on top of the house
3: yeah there's a it's a hat house
1: <laughs> yeah it
0: doesn't have a roof it just has a hat yeah
1: <laughs> this is going well yeah <laughs>
0: Well Andy, as our resident historian of the pod um, and to bring it back to a section that's getting incredibly over with the audience because of all your hard work and dedication um, what have you got on the history of Horizon Zero Dawn? I've got fuck all
1: Hey,
0: excellent, okay, moving on Before we get into the story and the world of Horizon Zero Dawn, um, I was curious to kind of hear how you guys discovered the game. Like, you know, when did you play it? And uh, especially, like, what were your first impressions? So for me, I got my PS4 back uh, in 2017. Um, I'd been an Xbox dickhead for quite a long time before then, uh, since I had my PS2, actually. So you're talking like a good 10 years of not having any sort of PlayStation. And, you know, I kind of realised that all the best exclusives were on PlayStation, and I made this list of things I needed to play. So it was things like Uncharted, The Last of Us, um, even Heavy Rain as well, which I really hope we cover one day. Um, And Horizon Zero Dawn was always... Keep hoping. (laughs) Jason! Um, And Horizon Zero Dawn was uh, kind of always on my radar. Um, Like, I'd seen my cousin play it and stuff, and I knew he liked it. But, I don't know, maybe... because it wasn't like a big franchise, or maybe I just missed the hype or something, but I didn't actually play it until, ironically, like exactly a year ago. It was on sale, I needed the game to play, so I just bought it. And like my first impressions, to be honest, were like, I mean, I adore the game, and I know we're going to get into that, but like, it took me such a long time to just kind of settle with it like I couldn't get a grasp on the world or like the combat or the the movement style in in some ways as well and like I couldn't tell you when it did click with me but there was just a point where I was like oh no I actually love this game um and then kind of obviously hated myself for not getting it sooner but Becky I'm gonna come to you first as I know you're an even bigger fan of the game than I am yes um so how did you discover Horizon Zero Dawn and what were your initial impressions like the very first time you played it?
3: So the first time I saw anything about the game was, I remember seeing a trailer for it in the cinema, and my dad leaning across and going, that looks ridiculous, while I'm sat there thinking, oh, it looks pretty cool, actually. And obviously having a female protagonist caught my eye, because still a rarity, and the fact that she was dressed practically and not, like in a fur bikini or anything. So I was like, yeah, okay. But I wasn't quite rich enough to just like take a punt on a game that I wasn't quite sure about.
0: I <laughs> know that pain. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and then the um, the buzz around it got quite positive. And I think Andy had started playing it or we talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go for it. I'll just take a chance. And I had the same experience as you. Uh, the first time I played it, it took me a really long time to get into. And I think I just, I went on a bit of a gaming break and forgot how to play it. So when I came back to it, I was like, <laughs> I have no clue. So I restarted it, thinking, well, you know, if I don't get to it this time, it's fine. And um, yeah, similar thing. It took me a while to sort of get to grips with how the world works, um, how the combat worked, the strategy stuff, but. I remember one mission, it's where you go to rescue a guy from a fortress and there's loads of people, there's loads of guards and you have to stealth your way in. And it was the first time the strategy of it really clicked for me and after that I was hooked. And yeah, I, I mean, playing it for the podcast was my fourth time playing it. total. Oh, wow. Yeah, so um, big, big fan. <laughs> so you're, you're a fan? Yeah, just, yeah I, it's all right, you know, I quite like I, it. I, I'm
0: just picking up on these little hints that maybe there's, you kind of like the game, you know. Just like... a few. well okay we'll come to Andy next time because uh so Andy you played it like before any of us then is that right
1: yeah I pre-ordered it um but the thing is I pre-ordered it on the US store because it was a little bit cheaper so yeah that's a good idea I'll pre-order it like where and that's why I sat around waiting for midnight to stroll around like tick around so I could start playing it immediately and then I remembered it's on American time so it wouldn't (laughs) unlock until 8am in the morning (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck me!" And yeah, so I, I decided should I stay up? No, let's sleep. I've got eight hours, so I better sleep. I was I was aware of the game for a long time. I was deep into my like that. Well, basically, the PlayStation Four at that point had proven itself as far as exclusives go. So I thought, yeah, it's, it's an exclusive. It's going to be worth it, even though I had no experience with Killzone or anything like that. I just thought, yeah, this this looks like this looks like my kind of game. And PlayStation 4 is just a proven quality at this time, so fuck it. Wasn't waiting up until 8 a.m. worth, but you know. It would have been worth waiting up till midnight and playing it until the early hours. What else am I supposed to say? <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I said more so you- about pre-orders. Don't pre-order, it's a fucking scam.
0: <sighs> so did you actually play it through then? So come you know, 8 AM comes around, you've you've learnt your lesson. Um, did you actually play it like all the way through? Did you complete it first time oh, around no, back then? No,
1: um, I cleared ah. it up to. It was one of the cauldrons. I got kind of stuck. Like there was a point. It was, it's the very the same thing as my problem with Final Fantasy VII. I got to a point where I wasn't the right level to face the kind of threat I was going up against, and I was locked in on a save that I couldn't roll back on, otherwise I'd lose like hours of progress, and that Oof. I just. It just demoralized me. I was like, <laughs> and I just uninstalled it and just never went back until until the podcast. And I thought, I better fucking finish <laughs> this game, actually.
0: <laughs> oh, it would have been amazing if you got stuck in another cauldron and I just couldn't get out. And you're like, why is the same shit happening again? <laughs> what is going wrong?
1: I'd, I'd have just, yeah, I'd have just winged it. I'd just gone on YouTube and just watched a bunch of your videos and pretended I finished <laughs> it.
0: So, what were your, if you can remember, all the way back to what, like 2017? Jesus. What were your first impressions of the game?
1: My immediate first impression was like I, I loved Aloy, like just seeing her as a little girl and stuff, all curious about the world, and like saddened when she saw like examples of like family forgiveness and stuff. I was quite touched by that. I thought, oh, she, she's a really cool character, and like, I immediately thought like I should tell Becky about this, like I, like just because she was on the fence, obviously. And I thought, yeah, this seems like by like, almost immediately, I was like, this seems like yeah, I should tell Becky to get. It's like yes, it was a really good first impression. It's just yeah, I didn't play it properly enough to to finish the game the first time around. I was really just taken with the. It was mainly Ali that won me over. The the world building, the 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 world had already pulled me in. That's why I pre-ordered it. But Ali, which has made me want to play through, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. She's fantastic, and I think that's a great compliment towards Becky as well. That you played this and you're like, "This is awesome." Becky needs
1: to play it; she'll yeah. love it.
3: And he was absolutely right. So, clearly <laughs> knows me well enough after all these years.
1: <laughs> um, I I know what's worth your like sixty pounds. So that's about that's about it. Any more than it's dangerous territory, but yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no PS five games. Then, no PS five. I'm not never going to no, recommend a
1: PS five. Yeah, <laughs> other than Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> see you've done it now you've you've broken it already yeah no I'm not I'm I'm actually not confident enough in Ratchet and Clank Ooh
0: no I I love it but I'm
1: not I'm not not saying spend £70 on it
0: nah too late I've already bought it sorry (laughs) oh no yeah don't even have a PS5 and here we go this is all your fault what have you done
1: you're wasting your PS5 money on games that you can't play
0: (laughs) oh my PS5 money went on my car oh
1: shit yeah Anyway,
0: enough about my pain.
1: Um, Bast,
0: this is, I believe this was the first time you've ever played this game. So tell me the things. What did you think of the first time you loaded up the game?
2: First of all, you believed incorrectly. Yeah, she's, def- yeah, she's said this many times, yeah. but she's
0: played it before. I pay attention. Clearly. Host. <laughs> I'm hosting.
1: Oh, yes, yes, and you a are.
2: a smashing job you're doing. <laughs> yeah, no, I played it back in again I got it when it came out and I played it for a few hours and then I got bored and frustrated and I didn't pick it back up until for the podcast. I love Aloy I think the world is cool there's a whole middle section and having now finished the game in its entirety I think it suffers itself on having a whole middle section that's just very samey and really fucking boring. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) Hang on, hang on, hang
0: on, (laughs) hang on. on. This is only first impressions. We'll get into the argument later. Oh, yes. Well, there you go. My first
2: impressions (laughs) both times then. My first impressions were I found it
3: boring and frustrating. And it's just, it's my heart breaking. That's the sound you can hear. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine.
1: Cracking my knuckles. After
2: the first few hours... I think all of the opening stuff is great. And then, yeah, there's like a middle three to seven hours. That's just, it just felt like busy work and a slog. And honestly, if it hadn't been for the podcast, I think I would have put it down again.
0: (laughs) I I think we should just leave it there (laughs) for the pod today then, because obviously we're just going to upset Becky.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's fine. It's fine. I can, I can. uh... She's a big girl. Yeah, I can cope.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll talk after, Becky. It'll be fine, okay, don't worry. yeah, right?
1: Right? <laughs> thank
0: you. Well, as Bash mentioned there, um, we should probably talk about the story a bit, I guess. Um, so I think on the surface, it's quite a simple one, really. You play as Aloy, who is a young hunter and an outcast from the Nora tribe, Andy's tribe. And uh, <laughs> as she looks to find her origins and she wants to find out who her birth mother is and it's all in this world that mixes primitive technology with these awesome killer death robot animals and dinosaurs... I mean, if that doesn't set it to you, I don't know what will. (laughs) (laughs) And I think for me personally with the game, I think the way the story unfolds, the way it drips all the information about the world and the things that we learn about the land, that we're in a post-apocalyptic America, uh, how the previous race of humans fell, Aloy's origins, and just the way it kind of unravels um, with all its main storyline and side quests and the collectibles as well, I, I think is amazing and it's what makes the game for me. Like, I think it's its strongest point. And numerous times did I cry and gasp in shock as something, like, dramatic was revealed. And uh, so, Becky, I'm going to come to you first on this one, then, because I think I think you'd do the story way more justice than anyone I know could. Um, cool. So tell me about your experience with the narrative and the way that it goes.
3: Well, I, I think we should spoil the warning just in case anyone hasn't played the game, because I feel like <laughs> yes, we're probably going to get into what Zero Door is. And that should be discovered in the game. I think it's like the story. So obviously you've got the kind of dual narrative of Aloy exploring this world and finding out what happened to the old ones who you have the remnants of, but not necessarily anything else. It's just this really interesting exploration of humanity at both its worst and its best, because obviously the tech that is still around is used to both end and save the world. So it's that kind of weird conflict all the time of good, bad, immoral, moral, intelligence, um, ignorance. And it's all sort of bundled up into this really amazing collection of things that you find around the world, like um, the Vantage Points, which was one of the collectibles. Oh. And you see the last few diary entries of a man traveling around the world as it ends, and talking about the memories he has of like going to see games at stadiums and going to um, see a parade and a fly pass. And it's just, oh, <laughs> my emotions. I think that's some of the best stuff in it. Yeah. Yeah. Emotions. It, yeah, they just, just emotions. I think it's so tragic and it's so bittersweet like because obviously humanity mm-hmm. survives, but you see the remnants of what is lost. A bit like Bioshock. You have the impression in the atmosphere of what the old world used to be like and what these people were fighting for but the ultimate tragedy is all you have left of them is occasional data logs and audio points that you pick up around the world it's so good <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is and i think they're some of my like favorite collectibles in the game you know you find yeah a lot of games open world there's going to be like oh go and collect a 100- 100 Sandbags, because that's fun. <laughs> but this I think there is just such a great like almost short story within these world with every single thing that you picked up. Yeah. And then like you'd find something and you'd realise it was connected to another uh piece of audio that you picked up earlier, and then you can really see these mini individual stories that are just cropping up from the previous world and all these different characters and their experiences. And I what I wanted to do, but I ran out of time, was I wanted to go on YouTube and just see if anyone put them all together mm. in one almost like little audio play or something like that. Because I think just going back and listening to all those would be just like mind blowing, you know, because obviously when I started playing the game again, um, I didn't do all the collectibles because didn't have time, just wanted to get through the main story. But they are, yeah, easily some of my favorite going around the world and picking things up, things that I've had in the game ever.
3: Yeah, and it, it makes it feel so multidimensional as well because obviously you have all the emotion of Aloy's story, but you discover, all, like you say, all these little stories of like people who died fighting in Enduring Victory and the people who put Project Zero Dawn together, the people who couldn't take the knowledge of what happens to the, or what is going to happen to the world and go do lally.
0: <laughs> Ted Farrow, you fucking prick.
3: Yeah. Hate him. Um, <laughs> he's like the worst villain for someone you never meet. i I think it allows you to explore all these um stories without getting too bogged down in the detail. They're all quite short. um, and you can carry on listening to audio points as you're going around the world, but it doesn't stop you but it just adds real like detail and, and color to it.
0: Yeah, and it fills in those gaps as well because for such a, well, a long time in the game or maybe to about halfway through, but you you don't know what happened. Mm. You know, like you find out these little tidbits and stuff like that and you kind of have little guesses as to how the world ended, how our kind of civilization ended. And I love that they just put in these very small little details of these people what they were doing around Zero Dawn, you know, their little jobs. Like, you know, you pick up little notes about just what the receptionist is complaining about, like needing extra security and stuff like that. And it just, I think the world building in that is just fantastic and I love it and I want to talk about it forever. Yes.
3: We probably shouldn't though. We should probably let Andy and Sasha talk at some point.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to come to Andy next because I think what we've got now is this really lovely like Goldilocks situation again. <laughs> um I'm I'm not going to get into any more porridge recipes like last time Good. because that went places. <laughs> um but yeah, so Andy, <laughs> how were, your how sense. was your experience with the story?
1: Well, uh, for me I'm just going to say it's interesting that the most interesting things you talked about just then were mostly stuff from the past because that's that was my main impression from the game. All the most compelling things in the story happened before Aloy's story starts. Because mm. I, I didn't find Aloy's story particularly compelling. It's all the stuff that's happening happened before Aloy was born.
3: Yeah, I would agree with that. I Yeah, I think there's an imbalance there.
1: There's, because Aloy's story doesn't have a villain that I wanted to see beaten. It didn't have stakes that I really needed to see resolved. But... Things like Elizabeth's sacrifice and Pharaoh going insane and like destroying, like you know, you know, trying to save mankind in inverted commas. Those things were really compelling. It was the most dramatic stuff in the game, and it was basically, essentially like audio logs. It wasn't, it wasn't a life story. It was something she was watching happen. Mm. It, was, it was great examples of that, but they still were just like prestige info dumps rather than a good, strong narrative that our character was experiencing.
0: Well, I was going to ask, so how do you feel about then that, you know, Aloy's, she's going hunting for, well, initially her mother, and then, uh, you know, her birth mother because she doesn't know who she is. And that that's kind of driving it. Like, how did you feel about her because we learn with Aloy, really, as we go along. So weirdly, I'd never kind of thought about that in terms of, like, my favourite thing is everything that comes before the actual <laughs> game that takes place. And I think that is a very fair criticism, absolutely. But did you did you not enjoy Aloy's discovery of all the things and her reacting to them?
1: Not really, because I kind of saw where it was going, and that's not ne- that's not necessarily a criticism. Like, a well-told story should be able to be easy to anticipate because it'll be logically laid out and you can see where it's going so i kind of tuned out a little bit because i I knew where things were leading after a certain point and it took a while to reach that point in the game like a lot the two big things i talked about earlier my two favorite things happened right near the end of the game that there wasn't before that there was nothing really in the story that was that hooked me in and i kind of like to ask you two well like um, becky and chip what was the moment that hooked you guys in because like for me, it took most of the game to find something.
3: I mean, I lived, I loved Aloy um, as a character, and I think, obviously, yes, the Elizabeth Sobek stuff was predictable, and you could see that pretty much straight away. You knew where it was going, but I, I found Aloy's quest for companionship compelling, um, and her getting used to people wanting her around. I found that quite relatable as someone who's quite introverted, that she kind of has this discomfort with people wanting to spend time with her and and liking her as a person. She's not quite used to it because of being an outcast as she grew up. So I think like for Aloy's side of the story, it was finding people like, I, I mean, we're going to talk about my boy Erend at some point, but finding people <laughs> like Erend and Avad and Silence who respected her for who she was and not, rejected her out of hand because she was an outcast. It's one of those things that I latched onto quite early on. And it's not as compelling as the old stuff, um, for sure. And I do agree that the story itself is imbalanced. Like, Aloy deserves a bit more attention to her side of the story. But I also think if you were experiencing the downfall of the old civilization in a game, like from, say, if you were playing as Elizabeth Sobek, I don't think it would carry the same kind of emotional weight that it does in this game. So, yeah, I th- I think I agree with you. I, I agree that Aloy is fairly passive, but I think it's the, for me, it's the interpersonal relationships that she develops. And it accumulates in that uh, just amazing moment at the end, where if you do all the right side missions, you get all of her allies showing up to help her in the battle. And it's just, oh, it's oh. so lovely. And, you know, she finally finds a kind of family and a kind of friendship that she didn't expect to ever have. So I like that aspect a lot about her story.
0: I love that moment. That moment at the end when you get all the allies just turn up and like you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, all these people you met, it's so lovely. And I didn't get that when I played it this time because I was just speeding through the main quest, not doing any of the side quests. And then I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I'll fight Hades alone then. That's fine. I'll be all right.
3: <laughs> oh, woe is Chip.
0: <laughs> Dear diary. <laughs> I don't think I could pinpoint the exact moment when it clicked with me. I think some of the issues that I had trying to get into it was almost the gameplay rather than the story. Yeah, because I think this the story is definitely stronger than the gameplay. And you know, I think I look at a character like Rost, who I think is a really good anchor at the start in terms of like you know giving you that kind of emotion, like you understand here's an Aloy's relationship right away, and you know uh, just Aloy in in general. I think this she is the reason that this game is so loved is she's such a great character and you know that i think that's for the most part we all love her that's maybe one thing we do all agree on but i i was just so fascinated by this world and you know exploring it through a that i i couldn't pinpoint just one certain thing especially with the combat where or you know the the gameplay itself where i was like yes i love this game i think i was just so swept up in like oh i want to know why there's big animal robot dinosaurs everywhere, and what happened to the the last people, and um, yeah, maybe maybe I just enjoyed the story more. I don't know, but just just everything about that, and especially discovering what happened before as well. For me, I was just so locked into that experience of discovery with Aloy.
1: Yeah, that's fair. But, like for me, I come down quite hard on the main story because, like, the main story is. Like the reason you face a big boss at the end of the game—that should be your mm. main motivation. Whereas for me, my peak came way before that. When and it was all audio log stuff, and so I kind of plateaued a little bit, and my I didn't have that urge to like win because I didn't give a shit about Hades really, or mm. like I can't even remember the other dude's name. Helios. Helios. Yeah. Just just not, not nothing. Don't had felt nothing for it. So, it. it it was more like just getting I wanted to finish the I wanted to beat the boss so I could see if there was anything like at the end of the game, like a coder or something. Which I got. It was a really lovely ending. Mm. But again, it was more about what happened in the past. Like I was more touched by that than anything particularly about Aloy's part in it.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. Well I wanna hear what bash thought of the story because um well i mean i don't know if we need to plug becky's ears for a little bit or uh okay <laughs> don't worry I,
3: I will i will march on
0: uh so bash you said you found a lot of it quite boring
2: strapping um <laughs> no. oh my no. god okay jesus
0: christ those that was not good words to hear at that moment
2: no i, I... I mean, I think I've really kind of already said it and I think Andy really covers it quite well as well in the sense that... So when I decided to play this for the podcast, I fully committed to doing every side quest, every errand, every little collectible thing you had to do. I thought if I'm going to... Because we all know I don't like open world games and to to be really honest, a lot of the time I don't really play the big AAA stuff. It's just not really my jam. I like... Quick games, short games, indie games, things like that. So I thought, no, I'm going to really commit to it so I can actually say better in words rather than, you know, I just don't like this kind of game. It's just not for me. So from the story perspective, it takes too long to get to the hook. It really does. And honestly, I even looked on Reddit and stuff. I'm not the only one that holds that opinion. And obviously Andy does too. I think the fact that it wasn't until I think the Grave Horde for me where I actually started to want to know how the story ended and that's like quest 14 or 15 out of 22 where the last five or so kind of really just fly by anyway I think some of those big reveals are too compacted together at the end Mm. because all of a sudden it starts being like oh wow oh shit oh fuck all the way along and all before that i am being like why have I just been fannying around Wandering around <laughs> this world meeting people that were fine it was all fine but it just it it, it andy you hit H- me on the head how fine would you felt... say it was <laughs> i liked it better than final fantasy 7 i'm sorry oh um, yes i'll take that no <laughs> <sorry>, becky <laughs> i just i don't know I, I i think maybe that was some of it what andy said there like Eloy is quite passive in it like I really liked Eloy but all the ways along I just couldn't really fully get on board with her motivations as in once you worked out what it was going to be and it is all very signposted very clearly so it was interesting because obviously Becky you and I you sometimes like when we were just hanging out I'll say while I was playing it mm. and I know that you'd be like oh you're coming into this big moment and then I feel like it was literally the heiress thing <laughs> <laughs> like I was like I missing something.
1: Did I miss something?
2: Because I'm just not feeling it the same. And I don't know if it's because it took so long to get to that point. I felt like I was gaming it in like a workhorse kind of way. I got to a point where I was just getting through it. And it wasn't mm. until the end where I actually started caring. It was only in the last five main quests or so that I actually started
3: caring. <laughs> no, I I, th- I think it's a fair criticism. I do I do think it is imbalanced as a story it needed um spreading out a little bit more like interspersed with the aloy stuff i think yeah so you haven't completely broken my heart (laughs) i am sorry
0: (laughs) that was the alternative line in the godfather
3: (laughs) (laughs) no i'm kidding like i'm obviously kidding
2: i mean hey i platinumed it and i'm currently playing the dlc
0: it's more than I did. Yeah, I not just, just,
2: just as a sort
3: of side whisper, I think I prefer the DLC, but the DLC's DLC I like the is good. It's really good DLC. Yeah, which we all forgot to mention last episode.
0: Yeah, weirdly,
1: I had, think that would have been like a given. Yeah. I haven't finished rated, the main game. I wasn't going to be talking about it.
3: No, I meant me and Chip more than anything.
1: Yeah, you, get, you guys dropped the ball big time.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> As is standard. Yeah. Well, me at least, anyway. <laughs> well, we have a couple of questions from our lovely audience on this subject. Uh, the first one comes from Yotchke on Twitter, who says, do you think the quality of Horizon Zero Dawn's voice acting helps to carry the game through the more monotonous fetch quest bits? And perhaps in contradiction to that, we have Liam the Mason, who says, this is one of the few games where I enjoyed the side missions more than the story, uh, which I still did enjoy. Would you agree?
2: Can I take
0: no. this one? <laughs> yes, of course you can. Becky's given her answer. So,
2: <laughs> well, not all I was going to say is to uh, Liam the Mason in the nicest way. No, you're wrong. The side quests are You are wrong. You are absolutely wrong. The
1: side quests are rubbish.
2: Oh, there's such a ball ache. Definitely <laughs> not. Like, I, I did them, them all. I did every single one, and I did all of the stupid stuff they asked me to do, and it was also fucking repetitive. There were two, <laughs> two Very... side characters that I liked, and I'm sorry, Becky, one of them wasn't Errand. Um... <laughs>
0: <gasps> oh, okay, that's done it. That's done it. There's the end of the pod right there. Okay.
2: Oh I did not dislike him. I yeah. need to point that out. But, like... My sweet Mohawk prince. Me, me and Sasha were
1: talking when we were playing, like we were saying, what is yeah. it about Eren?
3: <laughs> I don't know. I really don't. He's just lovely. Is it is it the hair?
1: I don't
3: know. He no,
1: think... <laughs> just couldn't work I like it him out. Becky. not I like Eren. I
3: think I, I just really like his, his arc, his story. Like he starts off as a bit of a weirdo and a bit of a lech and kind of he has to learn to grow up and have respect for other people, not just, you know disrespecting himself i just i just really and he's so sweet to aloy i love him
0: one of his one of his quest missions where he really thinks his sister is dead and then you find her and you're like oh great she's alive and then she dies yeah. and i found that really funny because i was like oh that was a bit pointless then wasn't it Sorry, mate.
3: it was really sad <laughs> yeah but
0: dead alive dead <laughs> Um, so we're all uh, disagreeing with Liam the Mason then that the side missions are better than the main story.
1: Yeah, like, I, uh, a, good, yeah. a good side quest should be a good <laughs> story. <and> song, <laughs> Sorry, <right>? dude. <laughs> so, like, I
2: I do uh, think I do think though to to Yose's point that the um, I think the voice cast is very good. Yes. yes. Lance Reddick. Yeah.
3: Lance Reddick. Yes.
1: I don't <laughs> didn't need anybody else. It could have just been him. That'd be fine. <laughs> he could have voices. voiced everybody.
3: <laughs> the way he sasses you
2: throughout the entire final third like he's just had enough of your bullshit and you've not <laughs> even really been bullshit he's like i'm doing all these quests for every other fucker but he's just like you need to hurry up yeah just, now is not the time
3: <laughs> <laughs> And you're like, my favorite bits of the dlc is like why are you going up here you don't need to be up here <laughs> like you've got a thing yeah. to do and you're just like no fuck you silence i'm going
1: I've got it burned in my head now from that thing that, Like when he said, try not to fall to your death, and then I immediately fell to my death. And I just thought, fuck you, silence, you prick.
0: Was your oh, fault. please tweet that clip. Once, once the episode's out, please tweet that. Yeah, it's I, fantastic. I that was amazing. Yeah. Can you imagine if he worked on a uh, phone sex line? No. Why? Just me, then. <laughs> okay, so... Uh... <laughs> I feel like we've answered both those questions. we well, he's just got such an interesting voice, hasn't he? It's quite deep and, like, commanding. Oh, my God, Which this is, is really way mean too much. Really to stop. No. <laughs> <laughs> I no
2: judgment. A... <laughs> you you know me I've never kink-shamed you once, but...
3: <laughs> I mean, of all the
1: places to like should...
3: confess to this particular <laughs> one... <laughs>
0: He's just, he's, he's just got a really good voice, okay? That's all I he meant. Has, he
3: has uh-huh. an exceptional voice. I Just, I, uh, uh, you just watch some, The Wire. He's some real... Weird reactions oh, to Fringe. <laughs> <laughs> Segway?
0: Mm, yes, well, filler, we've answered those questions. Let's move on.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: sake, I, <laughs> I need a minute, I'm sorry. <laughs> Me too.
1: You need to take a cold shower?
0: I really thought that was going to go down better.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I love The Wire, but not that much. Jesus Christ.
0: Okay, so um, moving on from anything we may have learned about anyone on this pod, um, I want to think specifically now about the world of uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, So just like, you know, the planet as it is at that time how we felt about traversing it exploring it you know having a bit of a rummage through and so aside from the story how do we feel about the world of the game Andy
1: well um I'll let you and Becky talk about the world building because I do I will agree with you guys the world building was like exceptional but I do want to talk about the world design because I'm a open world fan oh yeah go for it like I, I do obviously I think the world building is excellent but I I think Horizon Zero Downfalls short in terms of design, especially like in terms of traversal. It's like getting like sometimes the route getting somewhere up a mountain or something, it's just way too linear. There's only one route up there. And if you come from the wrong angle, you are fucked. Basically. You have to you have to explore the entire mountain to find the way to climb up, or you have to do what I did a lot of the time and just skyrim your way up there. It's like <laughs> jumping on rocks.
2: I loved when you said to me that's the Skyrim method when I was complaining to you saying I just don't, I can't find the grabby bits. I can't find yeah. where I'm, so I'm just, I'm just jumping at the terrain until I get until up you the get mountain. Up
0: yeah.
1: it, it's what, that's yeah. how I imagine you get around in real life. <laughs> I did a lot of Skyrimming on this last play. That, that sounds bad.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Crazy. The, skyrim, the Skyrim method. I utilize the Skyrim method The Skyrim, skyrim method, method sounds better than
1: Skyriming, yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another uh, an adventure, I like you. <laughs> yeah. I took a Skyriming. No.
1: <laughs> too, much, too much Skyriming oh, tied no. me out. <laughs> <laughs> so, and also, like, the, like, traversal markers, like, if you were lucky enough to find them and not have to Skyrim your way up there, um, sometimes they were a bit... They were either hard to see or they were way too obvious. mm like sometimes like i like ones where it's like a telltale imperfection in the the surface of the rock because like a lot of games do like uncharted did it and stuff like that when it was like that that was fine but i was more annoyed when you'd see like yellow ladders and like yellow ropes like scattered around the world and then you'd find yellow like structures inside the bases like everything being yellow that you could climb up it just felt way too uniform for like such a chaotic world and i just didn't like the way Exploring felt very guided for a game where you feel like it should be Aloy exploring, like, finding things for herself. Yeah. And I, yeah, yeah, seeing, having those big yellow markers everywhere, it really, like, pulled me out. I was like, this is just, I feel like I'm just following a path somebody else has made for me. And it, it kind of bugged me. It just felt kind of counter to Aloy's, like, journey through this world, like, exploring all these different aspects of it. Everywhere she went, there was a yellow ladder somewhere. No, yeah, just...
3: I, I think the, like, because at the beginning you obviously the see the Nora Brave runs, which are, like, the yellow markers. Yeah. Like, that made that sense. That made sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's almost like they needed to, to put a bit more work in to make that kind of element specific to the tribe area that yeah. you were in. Yeah, it should have been
1: contextual each time. Yeah. Like, everything should have felt right for that area in the world.
3: Yeah, and it does stick out like a sore thumb when, like as we say, all the other world building and design and stuff is so meticulous and so detailed um, that they didn't just go that extra mile to make the traversal more yeah contextual. Immersive. Yeah, yeah it's immersive, felt more yeah. immersive.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's what I like about what I'm seeing from uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Now they don't use all those obvious markers. You have to use your focus to like highlight places where you could get a foothold. Mm, that felt like a good cool. use of the mechanics of the game. The first game, like expanding it and it takes away all those distracting like little design flaws so i felt good about seeing that because it made me think like at least the developers were aware of that as like a problem yeah not a big problem but it, it makes a difference it'll make a difference in horizon forbidden west
0: so i like that that um that's a thing in the sequel that the you know it's going to give you that option to kind of look for
1: make it more Exploratory, yeah, it'll feel more like it'll feel more spontaneous. (laughs) Um,
0: But I think anything like that, anything you know, sort of climbing and that sort of thing, uh, I quite like. What um, is it? Shadow of the Tomb Raider, the third one of the new trilogy. I am never going to get those right, and I've played all of them recently. Yes,
3: yes, I never get them right
0: either. I always have to look them up. (laughs) Um, But there's an options in the settings you can choose how much you want the like the climbing assists highlighted. So you can just have them sort of buried right into the background, so you, as Lara, have to explore. Or you can have them really, really bright, so it's really obvious where you need to go. And I quite like that kind of accessibility of like how you want to play the game. I think there's a nice option for a game to have, and I think more games that involve uh, they involve exploration and climbing. It'll be good to have those options, so you can tailor it to your own tastes. Yeah, that's a
1: great. I like. I've never heard of that option, but I really like that. Mm, it's really cool. It's a really cool thing to have. On the
2: because I've not watched the trailer. One of the things on the traversal of the world. Again, because this very much obviously (laughs) is specifically one of the things that I find I have very little patience for in open world gaming. It's literally, it's just a case of it's not my thing. I don't even think this is like, I don't know how good or bad it is an example of, but it just tends to fit into my experience of these. However, what I would say is, Becky, I remember you telling me, oh, you know, you can get, you can take over the, some of the machines you can take over them to like make them your steed.
3: Yes. Even
2: that (laughs) was fucking awful. <laughs> yeah, I hit it. Like, it was, I ran everywhere. I hated riding. It was riding worse this. than just pegging it everywhere. Like, yeah. It <laughs> was like, exceptionally janky.
1: It's yeah. not even but faster,
2: though. Like, they didn't it's run not, particularly quick. If you... Their sensitivity on if you, like, wanted to move them ever so slightly left or something, and then they'd just veer on a 90-degree angle, and then, <laughs> and then you were, like, trying to go up a hill, but it clearly wasn't designed for them to go up it, but... Even though it was just a path, they'd start jumping weird, like booking and stuff. And I'm like, stop it! Just, <laughs> just go on the path.
3: Why are you going to the right? The one that always got me was they slowed down when you were about to be attacked. And I'm like, no, yeah. like no, this is the time to run. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 oh, what's this? A friend?
3: Like, no, go. I did have a giggle occasionally though.
2: When I swear I didn't even run that close to the critters of the world when I was on one of those. But it would still be like. Wildlife kill because I clearly trampled them yeah. to death and I'd be like <laughs> I don't even think I went near them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is why you're a murderer in tip.
2: <laughs> I'm not though. Do you know I play so I try I hate I don't like killing wildlife in games. I, it's just it's just not a thing I particularly enjoy. So some of my stuff I didn't like upgrade all of the pouches and stuff because I was like, Oh, I'm just never gonna kill enough rabbits or whatever to find that one rabbit bone that i need um and twice I, when i was on mountains i did find a bunch of rabbits and both of them that i shot they slid off the edge of the cliff face. <laughs> and i was like well
1: oh, that was a wish.
2: i guess i'm <laughs> i guess i'm not getting them bones
3: then or whatever was
2: like they
0: were dying as i go over the cliff like
3: why <laughs> this was all in vain <laughs>
0: And you say that you don't like killing animals in video games, but can I ask you about um, how you reacted at the end of The Last of Us when you burst in on the doctors?
2: <laughs> Humans are the worst, Chip. <laughs>
1: Did you yes, learn doctors nothing... are the worst, Sasha, that is right, yes. Did you learn nothing from The Last of Us? <laughs> Humans are terrible.
0: That's true.
2: Humans are terrible.
0: That's fair. I mean, kill them all. I guess you were in the Joel the official mindset stance at of that one point.
1: <laughs> I want to add to what Sasha said, like, about just, like, in places. Uh, just a good open world game should be fun to get around. Like I love going, I love traveling in Spider Man. I loved traveling in Red Dead Redemption Two, Ghost of Tsushima, even like to a degree The Witcher Three. But I used fast travel a hell of a lot in Horizon Zero Dawn. Once I found, once I started finding all the campfires, I just started using fast travel. If it was a short trek, fine. But anything that involved me having to like go long distances because it's a really big map. Mm. And it's not accessible. It's not as accessible as it should be. I just, I just fast traveled, and that's that's something I very rarely do with open world games because I love the immersive experience of traveling. I traveled everywhere in Red Dead Redemption too, just because I enjoyed getting from A to B. And so that just, it's a, it's a weird thing for me not to do that in a, an open world game.
3: Even on my replays, I tend to fast travel. I don't really explore much. Whereas, you know, something like Red Dead Redemption 2, I would spend hours just riding around. Um, so yeah, I, I get that. I, I think that's entirely fair.
0: The whole fast travel pack thing I found quite weird. Because you... It's difficult to fast travel if you don't have that, because you can only do a limited amount. Mm. Like, there's like a usable resource. But then once you've got the fast travel pack, you're good to go. And I thought, that was kind of a strange thing to do. Like, why not just be able to fast travel to the camps anyway?
3: Yeah, it was almost like a hangover from uh, like it being a bit more survival focused. which. Yes, I think they were going for it to a certain extent, but it, they obviously didn't pursue it very far.
0: No, because it was the first thing I did. I was like, "Well, I want that straight away," because yeah. <laughs> otherwise, it's going to be such a bull ache.
3: Yeah, exactly the same. It was like the first big purchase I made was like, "Yep, thank you."
0: <laughs> I will kill loads of rabbits to get yeah. that. Thank you very much.
3: <laughs> I, I think another thing we have to mention with the world building as well is one of the controversies around the game. I know Sasha and I have spoken Ooh. about this.
1: Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah.
3: yeah, so um, I tried to find the essay, and uh, by a I've, I found writer. it
1: on archives. If you hadn't found oh, it,
3: oh, you found it, um, because yeah. I think it's been taken off Medium. That's yeah, it got
1: it got deleted. Yeah, yeah. I, I found an archive of it. If you, if I can send you a link and we can, oh, cool. Yeah, add it to something.
3: It would be cool to um post it out from the, the pod account because it's a really interesting essay by a Native American writer called Dear Licina or Licina. I'm not sure how to pronounce the name and I'm very sorry that I've probably just butchered it. But it talks about the issues of cultural appropriation in Horizon Zero Dawn, particularly to do with uh, language that's particularly loaded. Uh, so terms like brave and savages and tribe. Um, so very Native American specific language that has obviously been weaponized um, and used and culturally appropriated elsewhere and it's something that hasn't really been discussed elsewhere in relation to the game like reviews don't tend to mention it and i've not seen much writing about it since certainly not in the run-up to forbidden west i was expecting maybe a bit more discussion of it but the i mean the developers to their credit they did do their research and try to avoid um offensive terms as much as possible however they also didn't consult with Native American speakers or Native American um, cultural representatives. So I feel like there's just a bit like lacking and it's a bit problematic when you know they're trying so hard to present a positive American cultural and tribal society that they could have just done a bit more to ensure that they weren't going to um, offend anyone of Native American heritage. And I just think that it's worth bringing up in relation to the game.
0: Mm, yeah, absolutely. I wasn't aware of this. Can you uh, send me this article? I'd like to read this. Yes. Thank you.
3: And I think Andy,
2: you and I discussed it briefly, didn't we? Where, as in, yeah. I don't know if it was someone who was involved in making the game, but some people had tried to claim when that criticism first came out. Um. Oh no, but you know, it could also be Viking or something like that. Like as if it
3: wasn't so. Yeah, they say Aloy's is more of a Viking figure than a Native, Native American. American.
2: But the it was really weird because Andy and I were talking about it and then I completed the the main quest where you, you know, save the Nora tribe because mm. they're kind of getting overrun by all the corrupted. Obviously if she's part of the Nora tribe, when they win they do what what to me, based on even things like I don't know, like Disney's Peter Pan and stuff is a very Native American victory cry mm. of I'm not going to do it for obvious reasons, but you'll know the one I mean. It's like the deep stereotype of a Native American war cry or victory cry. So even, it was just really weird timing because it just really stood out to me after we discussed that, Andy. Like, surely then old Nora would be based on a more Viking
1: Yeah,
3: mm.
1: I never, I never thought the Viking and that's, thing.
3: And that's definitely not. <laughs> no, and I, I, like, I think... In, in some ways, the, there's, there's an aspect of it I, I like uh, in a weird way because I feel like there's something to be said for the fact that after centuries of being eradicated by white supremacy, it's a Native American-style culture that survives um, the end of the world. Like in, in some ways, I can see it being spun positively, but that only works if you've done the research and you've done the work and you've worked with the people of that heritage to make it as authentic and as inoffensive as possible. And not or just appropriated it because it looks cool, which I do feel like there's an element of here.
1: Mm. A, a large number of the characters are white as well, which kind of makes it a little iffy when you try to like say, mm. oh, that about, it, it feels very appropriate-y. Yeah. So like you're thinking white supremacy, like eradicating it. And then what they do is just end up co-opting it.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like there was a positive way to spin it, but they didn't go that. F- they didn't go far enough. Um, and it's a shame because there are other aspects of the game that are so progressive, like the fact that there are matriarchies. Um, Aloy being a female character who wears clothing that's functional and not like sexy, and you know, you Not no, you get no the, boob armor. Yeah, no boob armor. <laughs> my kingdom for no <laughs> boob armor. Um, and I, I think like it's, and you know, there are queer characters as well. You, you help someone who's grieving the loss of their husband. Um, and he wants to, he wants to visit a shrine that his husband created. And, you know, there are all these like other aspects of it that you just think, oh, you were getting there, but it, it just sticks in the core a bit when you think, you know, that they, they could have done a lot more and been a lot more culturally sensitive um, in that aspect.
0: It'd be interesting to do uh, to see what they do with the sequel, then, if that's something that they're going to address. Or, I mean, how... Because it's not like they can change the entire you know, base of the game, mm. but it's, I, there, there has to be something that they can do to kind of do better, you know, with their game and that sort of thing.
3: Yeah, I would hope so. And obviously going further west, it's San Francisco, isn't it? That
0: Yeah, San Francisco.
3: So there is the opportunity to have different cultures from, you know, different... I can't remember what they're the baby farms were called, but you know what I mean, (laughs) like, they're where...
0: (laughs) Let's go with baby farms, because I like that as a term.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But obviously, like, you know, the whole um, Zero Dawn was all over the world, so hopefully, you know, it gives them an opportunity to create a different culture that isn't necessarily so rooted in problematic elements.
1: Going back to the the actual world building, I I did love a lot of the uh, design work. Like, like not the machines. We'll talk about that at another point. Just like um, Devil Hard, like in the shadow of the metal devil. When you're approaching it at night time, like the moonlight's lighting up this monolithic thing, you can't see the entirety of it. I I love that. That was a really good way of like conveying the scale of these things and what like humanity's perspective, like your know, place in this whole thing. It put a lot of things in perspective from just a visual of how you're approaching this location. It was was one of my favourite, like, visuals of the game. It gave me a good... It's probably... It's one of the most immersed parts of the game for me. Mm. Other than um, Gaia's sacrifice with the the hollowed-out mountain sort of thing. Like, the big crack in it with the sunlight beaming through. That was another really good one. That was another... where You got got a sense of the enormity of what had happened here. Like, stuff like... There wasn't enough of that in the game, and a lot of it happened towards the end. That was another... That's going back to the criticism of how the story was paced out, but... A lot of the big wow moments came towards the end, and but those were two really good. Like some of my favorite visuals from the PlayStation 4 era were in that in that section.
0: Yes, I agree that um, you've absolutely nailed some of my favorite stuff in the game as well. Like some of those moments where you just sit back and you're like, "Oh, this is good. I like this."
3: <laughs> yeah, I really liked how they blended the old world into the new one. Like, so you you explored the ruins of the skyscrapers. There's the stadium um, that you find, like, old satellite dishes and things as well. Like, I think it's just, again, detailed. Um, but yeah, I agree. There should have been more, like, wow moments just in the world. Like, you, you could have easily had something monolithic and terrible that you just sort of potted around a bit that wasn't necessarily story related.
1: Yeah, there should have been more stuff to discover, like, more big, like, mm. things. That's, yeah. that's, that's another thing about the the design. Like, they didn't. They put all of the big stuff in the story rather than just have it. It's like an environmental thing that you just come come across and like wow what's this and yeah. then take a picture of it and then send it to your friends.
3: <laughs> I I did like the vantage points. I did think the vantage points were a good way of showing the old world. There's the one where you find the old um fighter command, which I I really liked. I think yeah that it needed more of those. Yeah. But I did like that you got the glimpses into the shape of the old world like you see monument valley how it used to look rather than you know covered in robot monsters
2: i would actually agree with that i i think it could have done with more of the like the vantage points versus the fucking metal flowers <laughs> there were too many yeah There's too many sure what... to collect and yeah. um i think it, it was another thing that took away from any real enjoyment of wandering around to be fair because i felt like when I was moving between A and B, that's literally all I was doing. I was moving mm. between A and B. There wasn't stuff to see along the way, just more machines coming after me, which was like, I did it on story mode, so it wasn't difficult. It just got annoying, which is why, yeah, you'd fast travel everywhere. And But you wonder if, I, I wonder if I might have been more inclined to not do that if I was more likely to find things along the way to look mm. at yeah yeah
1: that's a big thing of Red Dead redemption too like traveling you will discover something that's completely unrelated yeah. to the story just like a little thing that yeah. tells you something about that world or like a little sad story it's like a mic like a little in a little bubble just you can just find things that don't doesn't guide you to it you just come across it
3: yeah and it's and it's still like just as effective world building wise yeah like the plague village that you find that's just abandoned and there's no other story that's just it,
1: yeah I think like a good open world game i mean red dead redemption 2 is one of the best open world games ever but like t- comparing it to that that should be the benchmark mm. and i wish of zero dawn got a little closer i feel like it was way too far away it was a lot closer to being like this is going to upset chip probably a-, a far cry game just very a lot a lot of the things you did were objective based rather than like like in storytelling
0: yeah yeah no, I think that's... Uh, no, I think that's fair. Like, uh, that's cause... okay. <laughs> you, know, you know my thoughts on
1: Ubisoft games, so...
0: <laughs> no, I mean, it's not... It doesn't quite go
1: as bad it's as not, Ubisoft. It's nowhere which... no near as bad as Far Cry, but it reminded me a lot of it. There's a lot of repetitive yeah. stuff. Like...
0: I mean, this this is why I'm playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey forever, is because the map is fucking huge, <laughs> and it's filled with shit that doesn't really matter. And like, I quite like the monotony of it because I'm like, OK, I'll go here and I'll stab those people. Fine. No problem. Pick this up. Yeah, great. There's <laughs> there's something inherently in that that like, appeals to me because I'm clearly a very boring person. Um, I, I but don't yeah, think I,
3: anyone could describe you as
1: boring.
0: <laughs> well, try talking to my mother. You just like
1: boring <laughs> things. This
0: isn't a therapy session? No, no, not again. We're not doing that again. We're not recording it. Um, yeah we've had the sex line chat already <laughs> so let's not get into any more things yeah, that are going to cause me troubles <laughs> um, I mean, when I first played Horizon Zero Dawn like I kind of knew it was a AAA game but it felt like a AAA game that had a lower budget than some of yeah. them like I wish I'd brought up the figures so I actually did my research as host that would have been quite good wouldn't it (laughs) but it felt like like a company that were trying to almost overachieve like they had a very small budget and what they did was great and perhaps i'm wrong in that assumption um we could maybe look into that afterwards but for me it felt like they had a quite a small budget and what they managed to achieve was something really good for what they had but again i could be completely wrong with that maybe that's just my my view on it
3: yeah i see i get i get the impression that they sort of they prized the world building and the story over the actual day-to-day but you know what I mean like the actual like mechanics and function yeah the the, the game itself I think they it's sort of they did the bigger picture and then kind of added everything else in afterwards that's how it feels to me but I love the bigger picture so
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's the best biggest picture yes I think one final thing I wanted to say about the world is that uh, first time I played this, I just played it on normal difficulty when I replayed it for pod played on story difficulty. So they were two very different experiences But especially in those early days when you haven't really leveled up, you haven't got all your weapons upgraded and that sort of thing. Like, I've never known a video game world that felt scarier and that that everything was going to fucking annihilate me (laughs) as soon as I came across it. Because, like, you know, you just stealthy way through. And then even the watches at the start, like, you can't mess with them. You can't fight them. I mean, the combat itself isn't very good, like the sort of one on one you know, fighting isn't very good. But, you know, I just felt absolutely terrified every time I come across this new massive machine because I knew that if it spotted me and I couldn't run away, it would kill me. (laughs) And I haven't had that with any other game, I don't think, you know, outside of like a horror game or something like that, that kind of, that sense of danger that the world gave. Yeah,
3: it it feels like everything is out to kill you.
0: Uh, Yeah, (laughs) and some of them are big.
3: Yes, yes. The first time I accidentally (laughs) ran into a Thunderjaw was an experience.
0: Oh, Oh, we're going to talk about them, don't you worry. <laughs> um, and it was such a different experience playing on story mode where I'd literally, yeah, see a thunder jaw and just flip it off and <laughs> keep on running. Fuck you. That was quite cathartic for me. <laughs> well, we've touched upon um, some of our favourite characters already, but hey, why don't we have a chat about some of our favourite characters? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think it's... do you think it's safe to assume that the one thing we all agree on is aloy and how absolutely brilliant and flipping awesome she is um we actually have a question from orange light pc our chum orange on twitter who says um what are our thoughts on aloy and how she impacted the representation of women in video games so kind of let's start with aloy and then we'll look at some of the other characters um bash how would you feel about that
2: i loved aloy i think she's great She's just genuinely really likable. I don't I don't see how you can have anything negative to say about her. It doesn't all have to be glowingly positive, but I just mean, like, in that world, she was probably the best choice they could have made to anchor that story. I don't really have a great deal to add <laughs> on top of what's already been said. You're a fan. Yeah, I like her a lot.
0: That's good. Actually, I think generally the only issue would be if you came on and you were like Aloy's shit, and she. I think then there I, might yeah. be a slight issue. I think
3: then I'd be broken, like fully. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I mean, obviously, I love Aloy. I am. Um, I love how quick witted she is. And like the shade oh, so sassy. she throws at everyone like even when you select the heart compassionate ones some of them are still vicious it's amazing <laughs> um but i love the fact that she's quite flawed as well you know she's very stubborn and very mm. quick to act without really thinking she kind of just goes forth and is like right we're off to do this which a silence obviously takes the piss out of her a lot um for <laughs> but i think it's it's really nice to have a female character that isn't like a totally positive, she's amazing, she's badass, she's so strong, like a strong female character capitalised, you know, that kind of thing. She's actually multidimensional and, yeah, and yeah, flawed. I, I think a flawed protagonist is a trope for a reason and it makes the story impact more because she's kind of, she's seeing the effect that the technology she loves could have on the world if she loses sight of how to use it. So, yeah, I love her. She's she's amazing. And no boob armor, which is always a plus.
0: <laughs> she's definitely fallen into like m- my favorite, like my list of favorite video game protagonists. Like she's right up there. Uh, you said Becky, like she's so sassy and quick-witted and like just scathing at times. And I, I, another aspect of the game I really like is I think, you know, when she starts out, because obviously she's been an outcast her entire life, she's so curious about the world and you see her grow i think between this sort of you know this woman who is like right i want to go and just do this and this and then she becomes this great warrior well respected and everything and i just i really love her personal journey along the way and all the things she learns and what the person she becomes is uh something i really like about that
1: i like um, she exudes warmth even when she's being like like scaring to people like unlike um other iconic PlayStation heroes like uh, Joel or Kratos, she hasn't really let her life like crush her spirit or harden her. Mm. Like she's still very receptive to people, even if they've treated her poorly. And I think it was like that was really important for PlayStation's new big like icon. She shouldn't just feel like she's copying what already worked and what already worked for men. It's yes. much more interesting to do something different and something that doesn't always work because uh, like perseverance and compassion can be hard traits to write in a compelling way. Just look at how much trouble every screenwriter in America has had trying since 1978 trying to get Superman right. <laughs> uh but I do think with Aloy, that they, they nailed it. Like, I think she's like she's a really like Bash said, really likable character, but she she's not a pushover, but she's still her heart's still open to like letting people in.
3: Yeah. And she's also allowed to be angry as well. Like one of my favorite moments of the game is when she saves the Nora, and they all try to start worshiping her. Bear and she's like, "No, like you don't get to do oh. that. Like you, you've left me out for all of my life, and outcast me. And now you want to be nice to me? Like absolutely not." And I love that moment. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: oh, it gives me goosebumps, even second time around. And I knew it was coming. I still got the goosebumps from that moment. Yeah,
3: because it's great. You know, some male protagonists would have just taken the hero worship and she's not about that she's you know she is a hero precisely because she doesn't want to be one
0: yeah and she's just yelling at them like stand up i am not your anointed yeah. like oh such a good scene yeah. such a good scene so good i think it sums her up quite nicely as well
3: yeah absolutely and we've already spoken about the the moment where she has all her allies around her for the final battle i wish that was almost like I feel like that should have been written into the story rather than have been an optional um, thing because... Yeah, that seemed it, a bad
1: choice. Yeah, yeah, it's
3: such a lovely moment because she has been alone for so long and to have all these people she's allied herself with along the way who she's helped to show up for her when no one has ever really shown up for her before apart from Rost is just... oh it's the it's so emotional
0: <laughs> i need to go and watch that on youtube because i've really missed that for my second playthrough i need to go and do that
3: yeah it's such and it's it's really beautifully told as well like the writing of that scene yeah. and the voice acting it's it's so good
0: just to play slight devil's advocate on that point as well is i actually like that it comes from doing all the side quests because i feel like that adds a little bit of substance to some of those like yeah we talked about how there were a lot of them boring fetch quests and that sort of thing but You know, because you kind of get to know, because you do a few missions for these people and that sort of thing. So to have them kind of all turn up after everything Aloy is done. Because how many times in video games do these side quests be like, oh, you're the the protagonist. Of course you will go and fetch this pail of water for me. No problem at all. So I quite liked that there was just something at the end of that where they were all came to help you at the end.
3: Yeah, no, I I get that. I, I just think, like, it didn't have to be optional. I, th- I think, like, I think you could those side quests could have been built into part of Aloy's story. Yeah, maybe, it felt more,
1: It felt like it should have been part of her story. Yeah, not pa- something that you yeah. do just because you did a bunch of fucking bandit camps or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> if you had the patience for it.
3: Yeah, I and I think like that's probably might have helped the the imbalance of the story as well to give Aloy's journey yeah. more meaning. Is that she's she's finding these people, and that's the the reward at the end of it that not every player is necessarily going to get.
1: Yeah, I definitely didn't get that, yeah. I didn't do any I d- I did barely any side quests, so I really missed out on a lot of stuff like that. So it definitely undermines uh Aloy's character by making it an optional thing. yeah because they overestimated how compelling those side quests were. But you no, know, <laughs> I'm not just ca I can't be fucking asked with this. <laughs>
3: I,
2: like
1: them. I like the side I, I quests. Me too
3: chip, don't worry, you're not on your own. <laughs> okay.
1: You okay, just, just like you just... like just doing <laughs> fetch quests and stuff, I don't know. <laughs> the characters
3: yeah me too. i didn't get
1: a chance to know get the characters because i was doing boring stuff for them <laughs> so, oh fuck you i don't give a skip
0: <laughs> actually i think this is a really nice segue and to maybe talking about some of the other characters then so i think yeah becky we have to start with you i think you need to get your love for erin out yeah. right yeah. now <laughs> this <laughs> is your explain time yourself. to shine come on explain <laughs> 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 no don't no you just say why you love him and it's okay I just i
1: don't know explain it i don't understand
3: <laughs> <laughs> i think part of it is from doing the side quests um and obviously i've played it a few times as well so i feel like i've spent a bit more time with the characters in that sense but i just i love how he's got his own sort of separate arc that is prom- is like prompted by aloy um being there he goes through this journey of you know, being a bit of a drunkard and being a bit of a clown to finally growing up and maturing and kind of becoming the man that his sister wanted him to be because he allows Aloy to help him. And I think he's quite interesting as a male side character versus, like, a fee- Like he's not there to, like, undermine Aloy. There's no... He's- he doesn't feel emasculated by her. He feels strengthened by her. And I think that's a really unusual relationship to have between a strong female character. Ugh, I hate that phrase, but you know what I mean.
1: <laughs>
3: and a male side character. I think usually there's there's something else. And I like the fact that he obviously fancies the pants off her, but she's not interested. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Aloy isn't given a romance option, which I love because how many times does that happen?
1: Yeah, didn't you, like when we were watching the Forbidden West stuff, didn't you keep saying you wanted them to kiss?
3: Oh, yeah, but like in the next one, like, I, I, I'm happy the for net. Aloy got to <laughs> have some romance. Like We're going to get to that. Like, I've got a whole ship. Like, yeah.
0: You
1: like the build-up.
0: Okay. Yeah. Oh, Becky, you could edit that section. I think that's for you. I'm not doing that, all right?
3: <laughs> uh, no, but I just, I think, um, and he gets one of my favourite lines in the whole thing where after Aloy saves Avad from Duval, He says, "You know, I just thought I was showing off to this pretty girl in the middle of nowhere, and now I just realized she was lucky to give me a minute of her time." And I was just like, "Oh, he's so lovely." (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I like, and I just, I think it's it's a really interesting portrayal of masculinity that isn't toxic or emasculating versus a female protagonist, and I think it's a really positive. Relationship in that game. So that that's why. That's why I love Erend. He's adorable.
1: So it's his facial hair?
3: I mean it doesn't it doesn't hurt. (laughs) He's just got (laughs) he looks like he gives really good hugs as well. Like
1: I'm glad you said hugs. (laughs) Oh god, I worried then, Jesus Christ. No,
3: no, the sex line is just for you, Chip.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'd really like that there's a friendship at the kind of heart of it as well and not a relationship. Because when I first met her and I was like, you fucking creep. Because I thought he was about 20, 30 years older than Aloy as well, for starters. So I thought he was going to be this really horrible character that you probably end up killing. But yeah, he is a goof, a clown. And he kind of just accepts her. He's like, okay, she doesn't fancy me. That's fine. We'll be best friends then. Yeah. And I think more media in general like stories i think they would be stronger for having just kind of friendship at the core as the core relationship in a lot of stories and uh i mean i i don't ship them i just hope they'll be best buds forever
3: yeah i do ship them but i also who, would who's gonna win
1: <laughs> i can't wait to find out who won, wins this argument
0: <laughs> uh what about bash any uh characters you've liked yes <laughs> tell me about them did you say you said there were two right
2: yes there were two there were two side characters that I felt really stood out and that I enjoyed my time with them. <laughs> I'll go with the one that was less so. more. It was just possibly one of the weirdest side quests in the entire game, which is with Bryn, the... Mm-hmm.
0: I knew you were going to say that. <laughs>
2: monster drink, the monster blood drinking ex-shaman. I just think he's super weird and I love it. Like
0: <laughs> I know. I knew you would. I knew you would. <laughs>
2: Ousted from his tribe for for drinking the blood of the machines, and he just goes, "You know what? Fuck it! I'm just going to really lean into it. (laughs) Like, I've had a taste for it now, and I I love the way Aloy helps him whilst all the time being like, I'm not sure if I should be doing this though. Feel like I'm feel like I'm enabling something that's really problematic, but also he's telling me some interesting things, so you know." Who's to say what's right? <laughs> but no, my absolute favorite character and I do not ship him in any way shape or form with Aloy, but just Nil. Or Neil. <laughs> yes, I He's
0: just oh, No, I hated Neil.
2: <laughs> I fucking loved him. I loved his whole murdery oh. vibe. He was just like <laughs> his whole thing, his entire personality was I like to murder people. And uh, like
0: See, your murderous tip?
2: Yeah. I just Pullbacks. I like that he never hides it. He's like, yeah, I participated in wars because I got to murder people. And then when they're doing the bandit camps, he's like, yeah, I'm doing this. Not for the good of, you know, the land. I'm doing it because I like to murder people. And then when it's all over and he's like, oh, come meet me on that big rock. And you climb up there. And then he's like, I want us to battle to the death. Um, I declined. I was like, no, thank you. But then I spoke to him afterwards and he's like, you broke my heart. i was like because you didn't get to murder me or me murder you i don't know i just i really enjoyed the vibe i like that they put someone in who was just truly awful but somehow really funny the entire time
0: i just don't understand how you've gone from i love this character who loves to murder people from oh i knocked that rabbit off a cliff and now i'm sad (laughs) again People, People are, are awful. The
3: worst. <laughs> Sasha is a woman of many contradictions.
0: Yeah.
1: I feel it's pretty consistent, to be fair. Thank you. A rabbit's not a
0: person. <laughs>
3: yeah. Uh,
0: I just think he needed to chill out a little bit, to be honest.
3: No? Yeah, I, th- I think he needed a bath and, like, a <clears throat> cup of tea. <laughs> just have a nice, like, self care evening. I think he just needed to be on his murdery way. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Ah, uh, we've learnt so much about ourselves tonight, I find. Mostly
2: you. <laughs> yeah, you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> mm. Aloy. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't care about anyone else, really. Cool. There, there was, I, I was given no real compelling... I liked Silence purely because it was Lance Reddick. If anyone else had voiced him, I don't think I'd give a shit. I, <laughs> I did not I given many compelling reasons to like care about anybody other than Aloy. Other than the characters in the, the past, like Elizabeth and Ted Farrow. Like, I thought they were really interesting characters, but you don't spend any time with them. You just read what happened to them or listen to what happened to them. So not, none of the characters I met and like, teamed up with and all that stuff did anything for me.
3: I think it is quite a testament to the writing of the the past scenes, though, that Ted Farrow and Elizabeth Sobeck and um, some of the Project Zero Dawn people registered so well. Um, even though you don't technically spend any time with them, especially Pharaoh's last scene.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, Pharaoh is a much better oof. villain than Hades. Or again, I've forgotten his name. Helis. Yeah, Helis. I, I've
3: written that Helis. Helis is a bad <laughs> villain. Like he... I, could, I, I was,
1: I meant to, I heard his name and I was about to write it down and then I forgot it. And I like, <laughs> oh, fuck, I don't care, dude.
3: But yeah, no, like, Helis is a terrible villain. Like I think he makes such a, an impression when you first see him at the beginning of the game, and then just disappears. For the rest of it, until the story needs it back again.
0: I think just going back to that Ted Faro moment as well, when he kills everyone that's in, you know, Zero Dawn, and just because he doesn't want, you know, the future people to have the knowledge. So, oh god, that entire scene
1: is just—it's like that's villainous. <laughs> it's that's that's what the main story needed. It needed somebody like that who yeah. did something like that. That's yeah, he was such a good villain that we never got to punish. Yeah, it's frustrating, but I, I know that's kind of half the point. But we need the, the main story needed somebody on that level as well. It I th- was just too good.
3: I think as like the the reason why that moment lands so well is because you've seen all the work that's gone into creating the Apollo Archive, mm-hmm. and for him to just wipe out millennia of human history <laughs> because he's gone a bit mad and it has decided the murder robots uh, the way to go. And it's like. <laughs> oh.
0: Which he built, his company yeah. built those, and that th- he's responsible yeah. for everything. everything.
3: All of it. It's just him. Um, and I love this scene with him and Elizabeth Sobeck where he confesses to her that he built these robots, and when she's just like, You're an idiot. Like, why, why is biomass <laughs> their fuel? Like, did you not think this through? Like,
0: I think even Jeff Bezos would look at him and go,
3: what Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs>
1: If Elon Musk designed, then we'd be safe. They'd, they'd all blow up after half an hour.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or drive on the wrong side of the road and hit something else. But yeah, I think I think you're right. I think Heless needed to be more of a presence, more of an antagonist,
1: more charismatic, something, just yes, something you hold on to yeah. in the memory. Because his name's not hard to remember, but I keep forgetting it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, one thing we haven't really discussed or gone into great detail about so far. Um, and for what I think is for me is one of the unique selling points of the game is the massive robot animal dinosaurs. <laughs> and we have another question from Twitter as well from uh, at Alex underscore Jewin. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Alex, if not, please let me know and I will make sure I say it correctly next time you ask us a lovely question. Um, but they want to know um, what is everyone's favorite machine and why is it the tall <laughs>
1: It's not the tall
0: <laughs> OK, well, then what is yours then, Andy?
1: Hmm. I don't See, know.
0: you your sass and You didn't have anything to come back with. I no, do, I just, I do love I'm the not. Enam- I'm not
1: that, and I'm. I'm not. I love them, but I'm not. I don't have a favourite. It's not like a Pokemon. I'm not gonna <laughs> like. I'm, there's not one I want to oh, have. It as should be a pet.
0: Pokemon. Imagine catching these in a ball and fighting. I did with enjoy. Them.
1: <laughs> is it
3: snap Jaws? Yeah, snap jaws, The crocodile. When, ones. when they jump yeah. out,
1: just jump out of nowhere. I, I love that. It's like, fuck you. What are you? It's just a <laughs> trip across the river. It's like, no. I just, I just enjoyed them all in general. I didn't, but I didn't like the tall because it felt very far cry to me. It was just it was a tower that was walking. <laughs> and that just got on my nerves. I, <laughs> but it, it was walking, it's different. Yeah.
3: I just quite uh, like that they kind of shuffled along. Like, they, they did Yeah,
1: it's very serene. Yeah, they are lovely. They're just
3: like, I'm just going to plod in my circle and that's it.
1: <laughs> yeah, if it was just doing that, that'd be fine, but they expect you to climb the goddamn thing. Like, oh, it's like, no, fuck off.
3: <laughs> they
2: did have really great photo mode spots on top of them. Yes. Yes. yes.
0: I, I felt quite tranquil once I was up one as well. You know. Oh God, Frozen. <laughs> <laughs>
3: was Lance Reddit talking to you while you were up there?
0: Oh yeah, he was banging on about Skyrimming.
1: <laughs> Skyrimming's the best way to get off the tarmac. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, uh, please someone request that as a t-shirt <laughs> oh god oh, Alex I'm sorry I'm yeah. so sorry <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, moving on um, Bash did, did you have any particular favourites of the enemies no I don't
2: think I did I think I'm like Andy like... <laughs> alright Becky I liked the tall necks and I did like, like I said I think it was really pretty once you were like a top one and <laughs> well <laughs> nice I, yeah that's what yeah. I should have said yeah, yeah. I especially like again unfortunately it is DLC it's the Frozen Wilds DLC but the one in that DLC and you look up and there's all the stars and the northern lights and I literally I was just like yeah I'm fine to just chill out up here for a bit this, is, <laughs> this works for me but um, yeah in terms of the actual monster beast things I what I can say is I did not like the worm no,
3: rock, the
0: rock oh, jaws can no. fuck off. Yeah, yeah, fuck <laughs> I, that, I, yeah, that uh, Fuck that one thing. The rock
1: lint... jaw was what got me stuck. And I dreaded facing it again until I discovered it in story mode. And then I just killed two of them in one sitting. All oh, right, <laughs> fucking hell.
3: My notes for this section read, Stalkers, Glint Horse, Rock Jaws equals utter twats.
0: <laughs> yeah, I only beat that worm thing through like a glitch sort of thing like I was just got stuck behind a rock <laughs> yeah. where it couldn't hit me and I'd have to very slowly like just throw arrows at it it took so long and even in story mode like I got attacked by one and I was like no nah, you're all right mate I'm out of here <laughs> I just ran away
3: I do I think my favorite like are the thunder jaws purely because yeah, like same, you can same. kill them with their own weaponry like I really like the idea that you can just pick up a cannon and be like ha! I'm shooting you with your own cannon <laughs>
0: I yeah I like them because it's a big robot T Rex that you fight and that's <laughs> I was like yep, th- this is what I like I'm gonna do that thank you very much and also the stalkers Becky completely hundreds of like story mode fine no problem because just run up you're like I can't see you I don't give a shit it's fine but like trying to get them in just playing on normal just normal difficulty you know like every day normal difficulty they were such pains in the ass trying to hit their um their camouflage yeah. thing to get rid of it. And then just when you hear that noise when one of those alert thing goes off, and you're <laughs> like, like, oh, for fuck's sake, here they every come. Every time
3: it was like entering stalker area, I was like, do I have to? <laughs> like, there's got to be another way.
0: <laughs> I don't want to. I'm just going to put 700 yeah. <laughs> traps around me and uh, yeah, <laughs> rely on that.
3: Pretty much. Like, I, like the Tripcaster was my friend. Like,
0: yes, I love It's a good the job they
3: disappeared after a while because otherwise, like, the whole of that section near meridian would have just been full of my traps just be like nope
1: nope nope <laughs> i would like to like even though like i wasn't didn't find most of them very memorable well, not memorable like not, nothing stood out to me but i did like how each uh, machine had a required a different strategy to take them down mm. i did like like the combat being very strategy heavy was quite enjoyable weirdly i found it more enjoyable in story mode you still had to use the strategy, because otherwise there was no way to take them down properly, especially the bigger ones. Yeah, so you yeah. still had to use the strategy. You still got to engage with that part of the game, so you got a good idea of how it all worked without the stress of being like killed and having to start over again. So everything with all the weapons, like the arrows and the projectiles and that, that was all great. The melee combat was a pain in the ass, but I'm glad Forbidden West is probably gonna, apparently going to fix that as well. Because yeah. fighting humans was just awful most of the time yeah the I, machines, I just like was really everything
3: good. for humans it was just easier
1: yeah like the melee combat was garbage but like everything was like if you had act got your arrow out bam like it's really fun and i liked that every version every mod of that game let you engage with it the way they intended you didn't just have to like ping them and then they'd fall down dead you still had to hit the weak points
3: and I would I would disagree slightly. Uh freeform Sasha in the
1: house. <laughs> I mean, if you want to spend like a lot longer taking him down, sure.
3: I I listened to Sasha yeah, versus no, machines it, it and
1: I mean, I I said strategy was an option, like you didn't Oh, like, strategy absolutely
2: was an option. Um you know the it's one of the <laughs> early missions where you you literally step into the camp thing you're supposed to get to the blaze, like the big blaze thing to then let the nora in through the gap or whatever and then mm. she steps down Eloy is like well we should we should be as quiet as possible try to not be seen until we get to the thing and the first human i was like yeah stealth them no bother Oh. And then I walked under the little bridge thing Literally the first bridge, the first thing Where there's a person And the like. The machine saw me and then he saw me And I was like, no, fuck it Ran, <laughs> pegged it through this entire camp Of monsters <laughs> and people it Was just like, fuck off, cunts <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 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 Just, just aimed all of my flaming arrows At the blazing, it blew up And then I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna take everyone down And I was like, yeah um, it was oh, chaotic yeah, like no AF. Stealth.
3: Like I listened to, to Sasha playing this game, and at one point yeah. she shouted, "Eat fire, fucko!" And it's my favorite thing ever.
1: <laughs> yeah, when yeah, I say strategy, didn't, I, didn't I don't engage, mean stealth. I never use stealth at engage all.
3: Engage in the stealth very
2: often. <laughs> yeah, I never you use should. stealth. I did like like a little bit, and then I would go, "Nah, I can take him." And
1: <laughs> just yeah, you, you don't need to. You you fucking a You can take anyone on. <laughs> I, def- I did the same thing as you in that section, Sasha. I just thought, fuck stealth, and just like, blew up the thing, picked everyone off. Yeah, That's, to be fair, yeah.
3: like the stealth in that mission is impossible. I've never managed to do that stealthily. I don't know. There's probably a route that like you can find, but I've always gone Aah! and just run through. So. <laughs>
0: And yet I use stealth all the time because I get too panicked when everyone spots me and starts coming at me at once. I can't <laughs> do it. I want to be I want to stab you in the back when you're not looking. Oh
3: no! That's like me. I use stealth for everything else in the game, just not that mission where you have to blow up the blaze. Yeah, no, I will like happily take down an entire fortress of Shadow Kaja without like being spotted. Makes me feel powerful.
1: <laughs> like a coward. Makes me worry.
0: You're gonna be like hiding in my cupboards one day or something.
2: I like. I like to kill the one that's like elevated, and all of the bandit camps is always the one that's in like the watchtower thing. I didn't care if they could see me; they'd all run at me. I'm like, yes, run at me. Let me shoot you in the head. Um, <laughs>
3: and you are about that was my me.
2: entire approach to bandit camps. Was I'm just gonna stay up here. You come to me. It's fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and yet the rabbit going over the cliff <laughs> again, it was very Chip. Very
2: upsetting, Chip. It was very upsetting Not only that I had to kill it And then that it slid off the side of a cliff And I just had to watch its lifeless body As it rumbled all the way down I was like Why? Why did that
0: happen? I'm just picturing You know in The Simpsons when Homer falls down the cliff On the (laughs) gurney So something we have, we kind of, you know, mentioned as we've been going on. There is a sequel coming, Horizon: Forbidden West, which has sadly just been put back to 2022.
3: That's fine. I'll have a PS5 by then, hopefully. Ha
0: ha ha! Yeah, sure. You wish? Um, <laughs> no, I will. I think you're gonna steal <laughs> sure. mine. <Baby>. Sure, <laughs> maybe. Ooh, not if I get to it first.
3: A race.
1: I'm gonna be moving around <laughs> the country. They'll never find me. <laughs>
0: um so yeah the release date has been put back to 2022 um i think aside from all wanting a ps5 by then i think one thing we can all agree upon is that we are all about giving developers more time uh not only for more polished games but you know mainly for their mental and physical well-being which is a very good thing yeah because developers get pushed quite fucking hard
1: they should have weekends yes unionize
0: (laughs) yes for the love of god please if we can just sort of stop this whole toxic game development environment, that would be super swell.
1: Burn Blizzard to the ground. Yay. Yay! You may have to cut that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I might. <laughs> um, but when it comes to Horizon Forbidden West, what are our hopes and dreams and aspirations for the sequel? Andy, let's start with you.
1: I feel like it all builds up around stuff I've already said. I want Eloy to have a story, like a just something that's just hers i want it to have stakes that mean something and i want it to be want her to be facing somebody worthy of her like she's such a iconic character she should have an antagonist on her level so i want that and a lot of the other stuff is stuff that appears to be getting addressed like improved melee combat improved traversal it just seems in general they're improving everything that the first game did which the first game did like a lot of stuff really well But it was always falling short in places and it feels like they're addressing that now. And I I just want a better game, like one that I feel compelled to play all the way through and not get like just quit on halfway through. I just want more of this and I want it to be more polished and I'm I'm happy to wait another two years if they need to wait that long just to get it right. I don't want them rushing it.
0: I think I can agree with that. What about you Becky, aside from your errand and a life fantasy.
1: <laughs> now kiss.
3: I will go down with that ship. I will. No, I I think like I want more of the uh, the world building and the detail. I want that kept. Um especially now that we're exploring a new part of post-apocalyptic America. I want more of those like stories from people on the ground who su- like not survived because no one survived, but you know endured the end of the world and, yeah. you know, experienced it firsthand. But also, I agree with Andy. I would really love Aloy to have a properly compelling, um, personal story. You know how she fits in, in a new world where you know Gaia is back up and running, and Hades is obviously still out there because Silence uh, did his crafty thing in the post-credits scene. Yeah. Obviously, more Lance Reddick because. Yes. Wait. No. J- we know. We
1: all know about what you want.
3: Yeah. No. I want. <laughs> I want more Silence, not Lance Reddick's sex phone line and yeah i just i think that's the I, episode title and i do i think
1: <laughs> the one... oh, no. oh my god it is isn't it yeah
0: oh no <laughs> <laughs> yes um what have i done
3: but also i think i think silence might be the antagonist that is worthy of Aloy. I think it would be a really interesting development if he did turn out to be the big Absolutely, bad.
1: yeah, yes, definitely.
3: So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I quite, I like him being, you know, slightly morally grey, but I, I think he has the potential to be a really good villain as
0: well. But you, Bash, will you play the sequel?
3: Maybe. <laughs> I don't
2: want to commit to anything. <laughs> I've, I've not, I've not watched the trailer. I probably won't, but that's not like i I'm not really a trailer watcher, films, anything, to be honest. <laughs> um, I just tend to have a pretty solid idea of things I will like. We'll see when it comes out. I probably won't play it when it comes out. I'll probably wait. I mean, we all know, unless it's something that I really, really, really want, I have a 50% off on our nah rule anyway <laughs> with games, <laughs> which means I tend to play things quite a while after they've been out. Anyway, so yeah, it, I'm unlikely to play it when it first comes out. I might the story did get me enough towards the very end that i was like oh i'm in okay. i'm interested to see where it could go but yeah it'll depend on things like when i google how long to beat this game like how many hours it <laughs> to put in. And if um people have said if like the traversal is not much different and things like that i might be like ah, oh, i might just wait
0: so we'll see you in year seven of the pods yeah
2: yeah yeah <laughs> i mean that said frozen wilds the dlc um, I mean, I've only been playing it for like two days, but I feel like it's much faster paced and I'm enjoying mm. it yes a lot more. But then again, it's obviously it's just a small subsection. It's not going to be a whole new world.
0: But there's some very fun things in it. There's some good weapons and new enemies that are really great in that. Yes. So I yes. think, yeah, you would enjoy those. Yeah. And
3: new outfits, which is always exciting.
0: Woo. <laughs> no boob armor.
3: Still no boob armor. I wore the same outfit all the way along until I got the last... Uh, the shield weaver. Yeah. No, I change my outfits all the time. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, it's
0: tragic, because some of them are stronger for certain things, Yeah, and right? also,
3: like, the blazon, the Kaja blazon armor is really cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, I had one for, like, stealth. I had one for, like, fire combat, for frozen combat.
3: Oh, of course you did. Yeah, but no, <laughs> I mean, like, I was, I tended to, sk- like, adapt mine to the areas in the map I was in. I guess
2: that's if you're not playing it on story mode, which is, like, you're invincible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Essentially, the only things that can take you down are genuine, complete surprise attacks where they just kind of bamf <laughs> on top of you. And you're like, oh, no, I am crushed. <laughs> I cannot get away. Which happened to me twice. Or falling. She's not invincible at falling. If you fall, you still die. Yes. So, yeah. um, and I did yeah, that I, managed that so.
3: I did that a lot. I got knocked over by a watcher and like flew off down the side of the cliff and was just like, "Oh <laughs> no."
0: <laughs> just like the rabbit. Just like the rabbit. Well, we've spoken a lot about Horizon Zero Dawn, weirdly, because it's the game that we're covering this yeah. month. But what are our uh, favorite favorite our final <laughs> thoughts? Our favorite final thoughts on Horizon Zero Dawn. So let's go in order. So let's start with Bash.
2: I was gonna go. It was fine. <laughs> no, no, no. I I did enjoy it. I think. Um. I don't know that it's converted me to the idea of open world RPGs. Even when I've I've thought about and and still, I I'm sure one day we'll do an episode covering Nia. Like, it's still something I'd like to do because, you know, I can pinpoint, say, with a Batman or a Spider-Man, it was the characters as much as anything. Like, I have such a long history with those characters, so it was really easy to stay in those worlds for a longer time. I can't pinpoint why this one weird Japanese game (laughs) really did it for me, where even something like this didn't entirely. So it's not really convinced me in that respect to the concept of the type of game it is. But I I did really enjoy the story. I've liked playing as Eloy as the awful phrases you use it becky the strong female protagonist but it is it is really still quite unusual it's getting better but it's still quite unusual um in the big you know triple a type games and it's really nice to see i think whatever they do with it going forward i think it's obviously going to be hella popular as it should be just not it's a very good version of what it is i managed to finish it and i managed to platinum it so i think that's probably the best compliment i can give
0: it Nice, nicely done. Very yeah, diplomatic. I I'll like that. that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Andy, you're up next because you're the you're the meat in the sandwich. Is that what you mean? I, That's not what I you don't mean. Know. Is it? Move on. Thank you. You're in the middle. You're in the middle. Go.
1: I'm the cheese. No, depend what kind of sandwich you're having, really.
0: That's true. You could be the pickle. I'm, I feel
1: like you're a pickle. I'm def- I'm very much a pickle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, pickle. What are your final <laughs> thoughts on Horizon Zero <laughs> Dawn?
1: I think it's a game like at arms length away from greatness. Like, if I'm thinking about, like, in terms of the PlayStation Far exclusives, like, the God tier would be Last of Us 2, God of War, Death Stranding. For those games, the gameplay accentuates the themes and the story, and whereas with this, the gameplay is really entertaining, the story is, like, a little uneven, and they don't really complement each other. Like, they feel quite detached as an experience. Uh, I'd put this below... I'd, I'd even put this below, like... Uh, Ghost of Tsushima and Spider-Man, but I would put it on par with like Uncharted 4 and like The Legacy. So still very good, but it feels like a slam to say it's like three tiers down, but it just kind of speaks to the ridiculous standard of PlayStation 4 exclusives. It was like that was an incredible era of gaming. So like Horizon Z- if like if Horizon Zero Dawn was on the Xbox, it would be their top tier. <laughs> like by far. It's just it, it's really good, but it's just not PlayStation 4. It's just not on the PlayStation 4 level of true greatness.
0: And Becky as the cherry on top of this white Horizon Zero Sa- Dawn cake. Never make I a sandwich. Thought, uh, I what? you a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, then <laughs> I- you would be the wrapper?
1: Am I the pickle? Thank you. Yeah. A bit pickle in a cake? Is, that, is, is it because know. I don't fit? Am I bad?
3: Where's the brand? I like, I like pickles.
1: In a cake? Well,
3: not in a cake.
1: Be- Be- Becky, what were
0: your final <laughs> thoughts on Horizon Zero Dawn? Um,
3: I mean, well, it's obvious that I, I love it. I, I think Andy's right. It's not top tier, you know, on a truly objective, emotionless level. I I get all the criticisms and I think they're all perfectly valid. But I just have such an emotional attachment to this game, to Aloy and to the story that, you know, I think I'll keep playing it. I can't wait for the sequel. I'm replaying the DLC at the moment because it's great. And yeah, I, I love it. I just I've latched onto it in such a way and that's I love it. I can't really say any more than that, really.
1: Definitely <laughs> better than Day's Gone.
3: Oh yeah, way better than days has Gone.
0: <laughs> uh well I mean if we're going with a food analogy, uh clearly I would be the Butter. ice
1: cream. <laughs> ice cream what are we making
3: again? I have no idea what we're eating and I don't think I want it.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um I have a food based name anyway, so who cares anymore? Uh, I basically just have to echo Becky, so I guess I'm the cherry bread as well. I completely understand the criticisms of the gameplay and some of the story aspects, but for me, it hit me so hard emotionally. Like, just as soon as I finished this game, it was one of those things where I just had to sit down and take five minutes and just kind of soak in what had happened, because I just felt so... Not necessarily happy, but it was almost like this sweet melancholy, and just like you know, I cried again second time round when Aloy visits uh, Elizabeth. You know, her body. It's just such a lovely moment. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it hit me hard a lot of times. And uh, yeah, I love a game. I agree that you know, objectively, it's not up there with some of the greatest PS4 or PlayStation exclusives, but it's it's easily in one of my favourite games of all time. Hey, let's do a recommendation, shall we? Why not? Perhaps, somewhat unlike me, I'm going to recommend a comic book. Uh, What's in fact, this? it's the Horizon Zero Dawn comic book. Whoa! <laughs> what That's a, a shock. surprise.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: it's Horizon Zero Dawn The Sunhawk by Anne Toole. Um, it's the first volume in an ongoing uh, Horizon Zero Dawn comic. And I'll be honest, I was actually a little underwhelmed the first time I read it.
1: Fair <laughs> recommendation, then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a slight recommendation. But I think the thing is, is that it was mainly that Aloy isn't actually the initial focus of the first run. And which I didn't know. I just, I was like, oh, Horizon Zero Dawn comic. Yes, hook that into my veins. It actually follows uh, Talana, the hunter, um, who you meet at the lodge. And she's a general pal of Aloy. So it's actually her and I think she's actually getting her own spin off comic, so I think it was to lead into that. Uh, so I think my initial reactions were very much like, Well, this isn't about Aloy, I hate it, obviously, <laughs> flip a table. Um but I think one of the the best points of it is the art is so fantastic. It's it's Looks different to the actual game, but you can tell that it's very much set in that universe. And the thing is, it is only about six or seven quid the first volume uh, on the Forbidden Planet website. So you know it's worth a pun. Or check it out at your local independent comic book shop as well, because they are very important to support. So I am going to give recommend it: it's Horizon Zero Dawn, The Sunhawk, Volume One of the Horizon Zero Dawn comic book. Go read it. Come and tell me what you thought. No. <laughs> <laughs> So that's us done for another month. Thank you so so much for listening to our inane rambles once again. Uh, we really really do appreciate it. Uh, if you'd like to help us out, there's actually several ways you can do this, and it can all be done with your index finger, like all the best things in this world. Um, you can you can make <laughs> shut up. You can make sure you're subscribed to us on your podcast platform of choice. Um, you can drop us a like and review on said platform because that that helps so much like the way the algorithms work on these things Uh, i like a review it just it boosts us in the chart it means we get seen by more people so that's super helpful Um, you can follow us on twitter where we're at one up pod uh which is one upp odd (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and come get involved with all the video game stuff that we tweet come tweet us your thoughts on horizon zero dawn and everything we've spoken about uh, and if you wanted to share uh, us on your social medias as well if you wanted to tell your friends about us your family your enemies about us that all helps massively as well and the more ears we get on this the quicker we can bring you those things that you've asked for like your what up Fucker" t-shirts
1: <laughs> they're gonna happen i will pay for them <laughs> myself if i have to <laughs>
0: Um, Becky if people want to send you their errand fan fictions where can they find you
3: <laughs> um, I am on Twitter at Becky Gracely, and I'm on Instagram there as well
0: and Bash where can people come and talk to you about the games you actually love and not the ones we make you play
3: <laughs> uh,
2: I am Bash at Demonhead wherever you might find social media I don't know
1: Andy do you want people to come and talk to you not really but I can't help it uh, <laughs> I'm a truly <laughs> underscore defective at Twitter and that's it. You're not getting anything else from me. <laughs> Go away.
0: <laughs> and you can come and tweet me your best food analogies. Um, I'm at the Chip Thompson on Twitter, or you can find me on Twitch where I'm Chip Thompson Stumps. Uh, again, thanks so much for listening, folks. We we just we love you all for listening each and every month, and we really appreciate all the lovely feedback you give us. Um, we will see you next month for an exciting pod topic of Andy is old as fuck.
1: <laughs> that's what we wrote down. <laughs>
0: And most importantly, don't forget to get a life and play video games.